0: Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. Only one of us is an actual father, and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler. Late on the crack? Big Herbie? How about that, Herbock?
1: I was late on the crack. I'm pretty sure you are the one late on the crack there, buddy. I don't know. maybe Maybe we got a video delay. We are remote right now.
0: Yeah, I think you're pretty delayed. What do you think, Trey? Stinky fingers, Jose.
2: Uh, I think I was raised by crack fiends, so I'm never late on the crack. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that sounds about right. Uh, we are the fantasy football fathers. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers if you haven't already. We appreciate the love. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in to this show. This is our last division episode. About the damn last time. Episode. Yes, last divisional episode. We've covered every single division um, to Tyler's request and demands. We try to meet his demands, and so we are doing that now by covering our last division, the AFC (laughs) South. Yes, to Tyler's chagrin, because he just can't get enough of these divisions. Um, So if you're looking for any other division outside of the AFC South, look for those in previous episodes. Today we're covering the Texans, the Colts, the Jaguars, the Titans. Looking at the fantasy relevant players on each of those teams, and discussing their ADP and kind of um, where our thoughts on, or where our thoughts are for these players on these teams, and if we will be drafting them ourselves or not. So yeah. that's it, right? Damian,
2: <laughs> hey, hey, well, <laughs> Damian Pierce, RB one. Easy, you follow, easy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just saying that if you follow Twitter recently, I'm telling you the the, the Damian Pierce hype is insane.
0: But, but we called it.
1: Is well, yes, it's we pretty did.
0: warranted. We did. Do me a favor, go look at those running back rankings and see who had Damian Pierce ranked in our pre NFL draft rookie rankings running back show.
1: Actually, I think you both did. I was the one who didn't rank him in the top five.
2: That nah, makes sense because usually we're right and you're probably wrong. So, let's, yeah, I yeah. so. so that for so sure. I'm the one who drafted Let,
1: him in our latest mock draft. So, you know what? Uh. Yeah, well, now we're hey.
0: welcome, um, Bandwagoner. But uh, let's uh, let's start here with the Houston <laughs> Texans. And let's start with Damian Pierce because he is the hottest topic um, on this team right now. Obviously, going running back 47 right now, 124th overall, I will just say this. I, uh, I loved his tape. I watched some interviews of him in college and I loved his mentality. Like to me, he just felt like a, uh, a football guy, you know? And, um, to me like those are the type of football players I really like that are just hard nose and didn't get a ton of opportunity in college. And from what I've read, it's kind of been chalked up to just coaching preferences. Um, but I don't really hold that against Damian Pierce cause that's really out of his control. Um, what I did see on the field when he was on the field was pretty impressive. Um, not only in the running game, but also in the passing game. So, he was a rookie that I was, you know, targeting for rookie drafts or for Dynasty Leagues. Sounds like he should be the RB1 to start the season um, with reports coming out of training camp.
2: Uh, I totally agree, which is wild, because Brees Hall is the unanimous number one rookie running back right now. Everyone's super high on him, as he which should is as he should be. But with... um like we talked about in our last episode um, where they went, right? So Brees Hall went to the New York Jets where Michael Carter had a. Most people wouldn't say I would say a pretty good rookie season. And um, I I see it being like a a 50 50 split between Michael Carter and Brees Hall right now. And right now where Damian Pierce is, it's a crapshoot, right? I mean, he's amongst Rex Burkhead. Marlon Mack is there. Is, is there anyone else that I'm missing right now as far as uh, running Burkhead. backs?
1: Rex Burkhead's there as well. Yeah. That, that, Mr. Glean. That,
2: right. Uh, did I not say that? Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack are basically like the two running backs he's he's competing with, right? Oh, I'm
1: sorry. I did not I did not hear you say Rex. My bad.
2: Yeah. Basically, he's like the first one I, I said because he had that great like week 15 game something like that, where he had 22 carries and 170 yards, two touchdowns, great um, playoff performance for him end of the year, but um, as far as rookie running backs goes, he seems like the clear-cut breakout candidate to take a majority carry, and when we did our pre-draft forgive me, our pre-draft running back prospects prospects god damn it i'm just ruining all of this right now but anyways jimbo had him at number two right behind breeze breeze hall and i had damian pierce at number three behind breeze hall and kenneth walker big irby looking down your list right now didn't even have him listed
1: i, I said so, that when I brought him up to begin with
2: i know I'll yeah I'm, i just want to call you out again i just feel like doing <laughs> that either way <clears throat> um yeah we're very high on him for sure
0: i feel like i should take my victory lap and and post that uh running back ranking of number two behind bruce hall to twitter like right now
1: (laughs) is it time is it date stamped or anything because i don't think you're just talking out your ass
0: (laughs) that's true well the episode is uh tyler any thoughts on damian pierce
1: no, I mean, we, we said, you know, for a while now, most of the offseason really, it seemed like he was going to be the RB1 there. Um, I think he's going to be the the guy from week one. He's, he's the one rookie running back you really want to be having in your starting lineup, you know, at the very beginning of the season.
0: All right, let's uh, move on to the receivers then. Uh, Brandon Cooks, wide receiver 21 right now, going 61st overall. Mr. Consistent. You know, uh his second year now with with uh Davis Mills. Um I love Brandon Cooks. And I think he's such a solid pick, especially for where he goes and what he what he brings you year in and year out, you know, wide receiver one numbers. Um so he he always tends to fall and drop in ADP just because of the team he's on and not the flashiest, you know, receiver, but he gets the job done. In both real life and fantasy,
1: for like, uh, okay, I, I just want to go over, the, over his rankings of his career because it's insane how disrespected he is in fantasy world. Take away his rookie season, and then his twenty nineteen season where uh, he was traded and he was injured, uh, but basically since his sophomore year, he was ranked thirteenth, ninth, fifteenth, thirteenth. Skip that one bad year, sixteenth, and then twentieth. He's consistently giving you like it's. You know, top end receiver two numbers, year in and year out. It's like between him and uh, and uh, um, the Chargers receiver. Why am I just blanking on his name? Uh,
2: Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen.
1: Thank you, Jesus. My bad. Uh, between those two of them, like there's not a more consistent receivers in the in the league fantasy wise than those two are.
2: Uh, I'm totally with you. Brandon Cooks reminds me of uh Kirk Cousins quarterback wise. Someone who has consistently been very productive for you borderline, you know, um their ADP's always suck but they always finish either in the the top 12 or top 24 of their position. Quarterbacks is a little different. Kirk Cousins is always near top 12 but um they they're very similar to me. Brandon Cooks and the what would that be Like the end of the fifth and a 12 team team 12 team league um that's a steal thousand yards i i posted on twitter about a week ago like there's nothing for sure in fantasy football nothing is guaranteed besides brandon cooks getting a thousand yards
0: that's for sure um Someone that's been kind of rising um, a little bit, at least in hype and attention ever since, uh, unfortunately, John Mechie was diagnosed um, with his health issue. That's going to keep him out uh, for the rest of the year. Nico Collins um, coming into his second year. I think he came into the NFL yeah, at the same time as Davis Mills came in together. Um, Nico Collins is gaining a little bit of traction as someone worthy of taking a flyer on just because of the opportunity, uh, the chemistry with Davis Mills. Right now he's wide receiver ninety-eight. He's going two seventy one overall. Is Nico Collins someone that's caught either of your attention uh throughout the off season?
2: Well, overall two seventy one. That's undrafted. Yes. So that that's someone I'm putting correct. on my watch list. Like, at, at this point, um, someone's got to eat, though. I mean, wh- what about their tight ends, right? I mean, Davis Mills, he showed promise last year. So let's just say he has a good um, a good season, throws for maybe 4,000-plus yards, maybe 30 touchdowns, because it, they're projected to be playing from behind most of the time. Uh, someone's got to eat, right? Damian Pierce, we already decided, definite running back uh one on their team and brandon cooks if they're they're playing from behind most of the time their wide receiver too is definitely worth looking at
0: for sure and you brought up their tight end that's brevin jordan 22 year old Uh, i believe this is his second season as well he um he fits the mold as far as his profile like he is i believe six foot five um or 6'3", 245, 22 years old, um, coming into his second year. Someone I have on a dynasty roster, just waiting to see what happens, but um, athletically gifted and someone to keep an eye on. Definitely watch list worthy, as Trey would say.
1: Yeah, I would say for both Nico and uh, and Brevin, they're both watch list guys. I'm not going to take a flyer on them at the end of my draft, but they're guys I'm taking a look at over the first week or two of the season see how things play out.
2: Dude, the watch watch list matters. You got to have guys on there. When when I go into a season, I have at least 20 guys on my watch list. Just so I get that notification the instant something happens.
0: It's a nice little tip there that not a lot of people take advantage of. Um, Indianapolis Colts, uh, moving on here to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Let's start, I guess let's start at the top with uh, the new quarterback in town, Matt Ryan. Obviously, historically, with the uh, Falcons MVP winner, Matt Ryan, quarterback 22 right now, going 143rd overall. I think the bigger question um, for fantasy surrounding Matt Ryan is, is he going to increase the value, increase the play of Michael Pittman Jr. and others?
1: Without a doubt. I mean, he's a major upgrade over Carson Wentz. I know he's had his issues in the last couple of years, but he's going to a new system and one that is very quarterback friendly as well. Frank Reich knows how to draw things up for quarterbacks. I think he's going to love playing for him. Um, and Carson Wentz, he does too many stupid things. Like there's games where he'll have, you know, he was, he'll was he be good, he'll be good again. then he, you'll just see like that one just idiotic play that will blow up for them. Whereas you're not going to get that from Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's always going to make the correct play. Which means you are going to get more opportunity for Michael Pittman, um, primi- primarily, and then also you know Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell to, to add on to that.
0: I agree. Trey, any different thoughts?
2: Uh, quarterback twenty-two seems pretty goddamn low for me. Uh, okay, it's, it's, disres- it's disrespectful.
1: Yeah, I have to admit, I agree. There, it's disrespectful.
2: Um, is he a quarterback one? I I think he's right on that border. He, he he's very close, but with with him being in the picture, we'll get into it in a second. It, it skyrockets Michael Pittman, in my okay. opinion.
0: Um, Jonathan Taylor, the running back, uh, obviously finished RB one last year with an incredible year. Uh, he's the RB one right now going. And majority, he's the 101 uh, for most people. Anything we got to say about Jonathan Taylor here? I mean, he's going to have a killer year. He's going to do really, really well. I guess the big question that people would have is, is he your 101? Do you take him or Christian McCaffrey?
1: I mean, if you guys listened to the last episode, we talked about Christian McCaffrey um, from the NFC South with Carolina. Um, James is it's his one-on-one and it basically comes down to whether or not you think he can stay healthy for the year. Cause when he is healthy, he is the best player in fantasy football. Um, he's proven that for multiple years, but the last couple of seasons he's missed, you know, like 75% of the games. So it's just really hard to, to bank on that. Um, and it's really a preference thing.
2: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, if you like to play things safe, Jonathan Taylor, that's your one on one all day, all day, every day. If you want to take a risk, Christian McCaffrey.
1: I mean, if, if I'm yeah. going this year, I know, James, you already said McCaffrey's your one on one. I would go Jonathan Taylor just because I think and you can't predict injuries, obviously, but I think he has a higher floor um, and and will probably be more consistent. If McCaffrey, like, I see John Taylor been like, probably finishing, you know, running back one, two or three. And then but with McCaffrey's injury history, he could go be number one or it could be, you know, an out, outside the top 50 just because he doesn't play the play the game. It's just hard to say.
0: Yeah, you, you know, it, where I'm coming from, I guess, in this discussion of the one o one is one um, is I think Christian McCaffrey has been more so unlucky than, you know. I don't know, some people like to label him as soft or whatever. I I, I think it's more luck uh driven just based off of the injuries that he's had. And we've seen Christian McCaffrey literally put up historic numbers um when he's on the field and healthy. Like the guy doesn't even have to yeah. score touchdowns to get you twenty plus. So um to me, yeah, he's still the one oh one. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that train one more year. If it doesn't work out, I'll move on. But uh, one more year i can't all i can't right. see him on someone else's team you know after going in year after year and and now this is the year where he just completely sets the f- league on fire um, all year and he's not i'm mostly team.
2: with you i'm mostly with you but um like i said if you want to play the save jonathan taylor but cmc man i'm telling you if he, uh, th- th- we're talking mostly minor injuries, right? That happen to CMC. They just happen to be injuries that keep him out for a long period of time. It- we're not talking like blown ACLs, things like right. that. So, um, it- I- I'm definitely with you on that one. I-, I I got high faith in CMC. The other
0: back in this backfield, in the Colts' backfield, Naeem Hines, um, I've kind of been rising on on Naim uh as of late he's the running back 44 right now he's going 123 overall I I, I can see a world where Naim Hines has a pretty significant pass catching role in this offense where they you know obviously they're going to use Jonathan Taylor and you know he's going to get a ton of volume but I think at some point you want to preserve Jonathan Taylor as well you know this is a team with playoff you know um, goals they want to go win a Super Bowl Um, they're all in right now so I could see Naeem Hines getting a pretty good amount of run here you know at the beginning of the season and and really throughout the season um, especially on third downs passing downs how do you guys feel about taking a flyer on Naeem I feel pretty good about
2: it, honestly. Um, mostly because of pretty much the points that you touched on. And it might sound dumb from a, a fantasy perspective, but he he's a fan favorite. Even when uh, Jonathan Taylor was breaking out, the, uh, Colts fans love Naheem Hines, and I don't blame him for it, because he runs hard, and when he does get the opportunity, he, he takes advantage of it. So I... Um, I'm all about that, and at the same time, like we were talking about cuffs in our last episode, we we talk about cuffs pretty often. Um, he, he's a very high value cuff to have, just in case something does happen at Jonathan Taylor.
0: Here's a uh, a pretty good, you know, uh, ADP comparison. Would you rather have Isaiah Spiller, uh, Los Angeles Chargers rookie running back, or Naeem Hines? Hines,
1: Ooh. I think Hines. I think Spiller is a ways into the season before he carves out much of a role in the offense, if any at all, where I already know Heinz is going to have a carved out position role. It's already come out and said, they want Heinz to have at least 60 catches this year. They want him in the passing game. And at, it even sounds like they're, they're willing to do it where they're going to play Jonathan Taylor and him at the same time. They'll put Heinz in the slot if need be. They like him that much. Uh, last year he had career lows and, uh, receiving yardage, catches, touchdowns, and they expect that to bounce back heavily this year.
0: Yeah, sixty catches oh, yeah, is massive. I mean, that's he's gonna be giving you R B two numbers um if that's the case. You know, the, that that pairs with, you know, like what did Najee have last year? Like sixty four um something like that. So I mean that's Ooh, a lot. My paper R B two. Somewhere around that. Yeah, 60-plus is a lot of catches for a running back.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm with you on that. The the only reason I would ever want Isaiah Spiller more than Hines is in a dynasty league. But um, we approach everything from half APR redraft league. So, yeah, yeah, Hines is a way to go.
1: Yeah, and Najee had 74 catches last year.
0: 74. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, he's not going to do much for you running the ball, but... Um, That amount of passing work alone, you know, in the 12th, 13th round, uh, that could do wonders for your team. So he's a guy I'm rising on a lot as we approach um, more heavily into draft season. Let's move on to the receivers. Excuse me. The receivers here, Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver 13 right now. He's going 38th overall, new quarterback. How how are we feeling about Michael Pittman Jr. this year?
2: I, honestly, I'd be happy with Michael Pittman be my wide receiver one this year. I'm super, uh, super, super confident in him. His rookie year was a little shaky, but um, once he got into his second year, uh, he, I think the lowest snap percentage that he played was around seventy five, but he's averaging around high 80s low 90s snap percentage he's on the field all the time i think he's their obvious wide receiver one they got matt ryan now this is someone who i it it, it is so valuable to me honestly uh getting him like at the beginning of the third round say you're um i guess i wouldn't be the turn at that point uh if you're drafting first Comes back around. No, I'm kind of talking on my ass now. If if you're drafting at the turn,
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> I,
2: I'll be honest. I, I, I'm trying to calculate right now. He's overall 38, right? So if you're drafting at the 12th pick, he should come back to you in the third round, and that is such a great value to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. The beginning in a 12 man league, the beginning of round four would be pick 37. So. You're talking a third or fourth round pick here, um and if you're comfortable with him as your wide receiver one, you know if you if you think he can produce those numbers, you go running back running back um that's quite a bit of value i think right there i have been doing and, that
2: a lot lately
1: yeah and and I' honestly completely agree with you guys in our last mock draft, I literally was able to get him uh at the first pick of the fourth round I picked twelfth and um, the way the draft ended up, I actually ended up going up, running back, running back in my first two picks, which I rarely do from the 12 spot, but I was able to take Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, and then Deontay Johnson and Michael Pittman as my number one and two receivers, which I was stoked about. I think they both have potentially to be top, you know, 10 or 15 guys, so I think that's a great position to be able to get him at.
0: I'll, I'll just say this. I love picking at 12. I, I, I think a lot of people don't um, for whatever reason, but I I always seem to love my teams when I'm picking there. Like, you always get two solid running backs or a really elite receiver and a running back, and then you can go running back receiver with your next two picks as well. So I I love the value you get at the 12 spot there. Uh, What about these other two receivers in Indianapolis? Are we taking flyers on either of these two guys? They're basically going undrafted. Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell.
1: Um. I'm not sure if I'm thinking a flyer in either one. The weird thing is that, like, it's not like Alec Pierce is having a bad camp. Everything's out there is sounding fine. It's just not spectacular. But Car- Paris Campbell is getting a lot of hype coming out of camp that he ha- seems to have a real connection with Matt Ryan, and it's hard to really know what's going to happen. So I think similar to, like, with Nico Collins, they're not guys I'm necessarily going to try to draft, but I'm definitely keeping them on a watch list to see who becomes the wide receiver two here, because one of them has to, right? Um, one of them is going to step above the other one, and that's the guy I'm going to try to grab on waivers. Um, you know, before someone else can.
0: Romeo Dobbs or Alec Pierce.
1: Go ahead. Trey, what were you about to say?
2: No, answer Jim's question before I step in with a okay. wild left left field one.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with Dobbs there because I mean he has the potential to be the receiver one for Green Bay. Even though reports out of camp, out of joint practice today were not great for the rookie wide receivers, who was from Aaron Rodgers specifically, and it was really just taking a shot at Romeo because Christian Watson wasn't on the field because he's dealing with an injury, and Dubs was the only rookie wide receiver on the field. So uh, Aaron Rodgers took a shot, at him, a little shot of him today. Yeah, you know, I'm sure he's just trying to get him to you know step it up, and um, we'll see how that happens. But I'm still going to take Romeo.
0: It's not always uh, sunshine and rainbows. <laughs>
2: oh, what? What? But, um, I, I'll agree with Irby. I would take Dubs over um, or Dubs. God damn it! I don't know how we're saying these Dubs. God damn it, Dobbs. <laughs> just
1: call, just call Whatever. him Romeo. Come on, he's yeah, the was, only uh, Romeo uh, in the NFL. Call him Romeo. Right, Romeo and you.
2: Juliet. Yeah, I'll take Romeo. Um, definitely over either Pierce or Campbell uh, at this point, all day, every day. But what I was going to ask, so so do you guys think Matt Ryan is like 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns? Because that is kind of the cusp of where it puts where you have um, a second wide receiver that's worthy of starting. So if he does that, then that means that either Alec Pierce or Paris Campbell will be worthy of flexing in certain weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean I could I don't see why Matt Ryan wouldn't be able to hit the four thousand mark with about thirty touchdowns. That seems where I would kind of expect him to end up at, to be honest.
0: Certainly the expectation, right? Like if he doesn't do that, um, then then things have gone severely wrong, in my opinion. I think that's the expectation. Um, so I, I imagine Matt Ryan hits hits the four thousand and thirty uh Mark, but um it's just who's gonna step up, you know, is Alec I like what I've seen out of Alec Pierce in terms of the tape separation he gets, but um who who's Matt Ryan really gonna have the best connection with? And I think that's what's really gonna decide it. Um it's it's tough sometimes, you know, for a rookie coming in to really <laughs> secure that chemistry. You know, first first year in the NFL with a with a veteran like Matt Ryan, who's been been in the game for how many years now? You know what I mean? So there's going to be some learning curve there for sure. That's why I think Paris Campbell out of the gate has had a little bit more success in terms of gaining some chemistry with with Matt just because he's been in the game. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars. Whoa. Oh, go ahead. Before
2: before we go Jaguars, what about Moawali Cox? We're just gonna pass. Oh, him what up?
0: about that big, large tight end? <laughs> <laughs>
1: he was. He's basically going undrafted right now, so I didn't throw him on there. Um, probably worth a flyer. Like he could end up being a solid tight end. The problem is that, like his entire career, he's shown to be completely touchdown dependent, and who knows how that will be and what a connection with Matt Ryan will be.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, moving on to the Doug Peterson-led Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's start with the the guy at the top there, second-year quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. QB 20 right now, going 132 overall. Before you guys give your takes, I will just say this. Um, Trevor Lawrence is a guy that's been rising for me in terms of, um, you know, for quarterback, like, obviously in your single point or your single quarterback four point touchdown leagues, it's not going to matter as much. Um, but in a super flex league or a two quarterback league, Trevor Lawrence, I think is being undervalued right now. I think he's a much better quarterback than what he showed last year. I think we're going to see really a, a whole refresh of this entire offense. I, I really don't think like from what I'm hearing and reading and, and all that, I, I think people t- put too much of the blame on on Trevor Lawrence in terms of how things went last year. And I get it. Like, he was the quarterback. He's the guy. It is his fault. You know, that's what they tell you in football all the time. But at the same time, he had the worst NFL coach, um, in my opinion, in NFL history, <laughs> coaching him and, and leading that <laughs> team. <laughs> and truly, like, that has a major effect, major trickle-down effect on everyone on the roster. And I think Trevor Lawrence far too much last year was just trying to make something out of nothing. And you can only do so much with what he was given. Um, I expect a really big bounce-back year. Even though I'm not in love with his weapons in Jacksonville, Like I know they went and spent a bunch of money on Christian Kirk and, and and Zay Jones. Um, I I don't love those guys as elite weapons in the NFL, but it's better than what he had last year. He's got a much much better cor- coach. Um, I expect significant improvement from Trevor Lawrence this year.
2: Ooh, I wouldn't expect significant improvement. I honestly, I'm rooting for the guy. I hope he has a good career and he makes that improvement that you're talking about. But, uh, um, no. Even in uh, yeah, thank you. I yeah, let him know and text him. <laughs> but uh, even in a super flex league, it, I would want him as my quarterback too. I'll be honest. I, I just right. have to see what's going on. I will gladly miss that ship.
0: The it, nice it, it thing, Trent, if I can just interrupt you real quick. The nice thing about it is even in like a super flex league, you can draft him You know, at the very end of the draft as like your quarterback 3 and and you're basically taking an upside flyer on that super flex quarterback you know you're already going to have two other guys that you're really content with and you can take that flyer on a guy like Lawrence who you know let's like this was one of the most touted quarterback prospects coming in the NFL in a long time like he's much better than what was shown last year so that that's kind of my my take on Trevor Lawrence. I'm not depending on him in a single quarterback 4 point touchdown league, but a super flex or a two quarterback league, you can pick him up as, you know, your third guy on your roster, depending on your roster size. Um I think there's upside there. I I'm
2: with you. I'm with you. And um I can see what you're saying. But the last time I was super highly touted quarterback came into the league and was actually productive in their early years was what Andrew Luck. We're talking like what eight years ago.
1: Well, he Uh, got hurt his first year though. So, but okay, but I mean, okay, I'm glad you brought Andrew Luck because I wanted to bring this out. Like, let's not forget that Trevor Lawrence was a number one overall pick. Let's also not forget that a guy, in regards what you think of his most of his opinions. Mel Kuiper jr has been an analyst NFL draft analyst for over 30 years working for ESPN, right? He's, been, and there's a reason he's done that. He's a damn good at his job over the, all the years he's been doing that. The only quarterback prospect he had rated higher than Trevor Lawrence was Andrew Luck. Trevor Lawrence Ooh. is a, is a very, very, very good core. He has all the tools. He just needs the team and the coaching around him. So I'm a hundred percent with Jim here. Uh, Trey, Let's go. Trey Lawrence is gonna have a, is gonna have a major bounce back, he, guys. He threw seventeen picks last year he, as, as a rookie and only twelve touchdowns. He didn't even have. a does improve on yard. Yeah, I, exactly. If he did, even if he doesn't improve on yards because he, he threw for thirty six hundred yards, which is pretty damn good still. If he bumps that up for a, a rookie, little bit, that's exact, Yeah, or even if that stays the same, that' only goes to like thirty eight hundred yards. But I almost I will guarantee you, you're looking at more of a, like an eighteen to twenty touchdown year and like an eight interception year, and that alone shows significant improvement.
2: Well, he also has rushing upside. And yep. if I want to hop on your guys' side of the fence here, um Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, especially fantasy wise, his rookie year threw more interceptions than touchdowns. Yeah. So that, if I remember correctly, he actually still holds person. the
1: record. I'm pretty sure Peyton Manning still holds the record for most interceptions by a rookie quarterback in the NFL history.
2: And, and bottom Does line Brett Favre not have that? <laughs> Brett Favre didn't <laughs> no. play his rookie year. Uh, The
0: bottom line is, um, you know, a lot of people are going to be undervaluing Trevor Lawrence. I've heard other people talk about how they're significantly disappointed with Trevor Lawrence. And yes, he didn't have the greatest showing. But like Tyler said, you know, it's uh, coaching has so much to do with that. And and the, the people around you have so much to do with that. And especially at that position. You're relying on so many other people to do their job for you to look good. Um, so I, I, I just think Trevor Lawrence is much better than what he showed last year, and I expect a much better year. All
1: right. And, Enough Trevor Lawrence. Uh, yeah, well, I just want to bring up the stat for Peyton Man. He had 28 interceptions his rookie year. 28? Yeah, That's a lot. That's Jameis that Winston territory.
2: Yeah, that's... Hey, put some good. respect on Jameis's name. God damn it.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, Trey's favorite player here next, Travis ETN. <laughs> Fuck off, dude. I, I can't even remember what you called him, but it definitely wasn't, wasn't ETN. Um, it was close enough. Google, Google would have known if
2: I fucking searched it with my voice.
0: <laughs> he's a running back 23 right now. He's going 45th overall how do you guys feel about ETN? Do you think he finishes as an RB two this year?
2: Ooh, let me just hop up in here. I am not confident with him being my RB two. It's a nice flyer to take, but James Robinson is still there. And in my opinion, I, I don't want to say he's undeniable, but he has proven what he can do. So would James Robinson be in there? I'm curious how they're going to approach that
0: situation. It all depends on James Robinson's health. I think that's the biggest thing right now. And if you're depending on ETN, you know, even if Robinson is still in the mix and is healthy and is playing week one, I, I still think ETN will have value, obviously, in the pass catching, playmaking uh, realm but if james robinson is healthy and playing it is going to it's going to hamper etn quite a bit um in terms of overall volume i really like etn as a player i'm excited for him i have him on dynasty um but james robinson like you said is still there so it, it really all depends on that and i'm pretty sure the la- the latest report i don't know tyler if you're looking at it right now but the latest report I saw was that James Robinson is um, uh, getting better at a quicker rate than they expected.
1: Um, I'm not looking at that report. I was trying to find, I saw a stat about ETN and Doug Peterson being his coach now. I can't find it again, um, but it had something to do with the kind of passing numbers that um, previous running backs I put up with. Doug Peterson, they expect ETN to basically do the same thing and be basically in like an Alvin Kamara type of role, which, you know, be the number one runner, um, you know, the second or third pass catching option, in the offense. So, yeah, I think ETN, I would, I'll lock it in. I think he finishes as an RB2. He has potential to finish as RB1. I just don't want to go quite that far.
0: (laughs) I think he could finish as an RB2 as well. Uh, I think he will. Um, whether James Robinson comes back or not, like they, you know, Doug would be stupid if he didn't take advantage of the skill set of ETN, uh, even with James Robinson there. And reported a day ago, uh, by RotoWire, Robinson was uh, working in seven on sevens for what it is worth.
1: Yeah, and I understand also. Like I know people get missed in the draft; that's why they go undrafted, right? But there's still something to go with, just like we talked about with Trevor Lawrence. ETN is a first-round draft pick. He has that kind of pedigree. There's a reason right. why he's looked at that way. He's seen as a premier blue-chip talent, where James Robinson did go undrafted. And obviously, they missed him. It was probably because of size or whatever that you can't you know, gauge somebody's heart. But there's still a reason why ETN was a first-round draft pick. He has that kind of talent.
2: James Robinson shows up with a lunch pail, all right? He's got that (laughs) blue-collar
0: attitude.
1: And that's understandable.
0: And last one last one out. Last piece, I mean, ETN is Trevor Lawrence's college teammate. You know, um, you'd have to be stupid as an NFL coach to not want to take advantage of that type of chemistry, right, and and see what that can bring you, you know, in your first year as the head coach of this new team. All right, that's, that's that a good it?
2: point. That, But I'll just make a side note. If you believe in Travis Etienne jumping up because Who? him and Trevor Lawrence were college teammates, God damn it, I hate you guys. E-T-N. Travis Hardy. Etienne, Hardy, Hardy. Hard-E-T-N. <laughs> jumping up, okay, with Trevor Lawrence because they're college teammates. You better be drafting Devontae Adams in the goddamn first round. <laughs> How do I know that's Jared- where you're going? Yes, him and Derek Carr were college teammates and he's already a first round receiver, anyways.
1: They were also and ranch.
0: ranch. Can't can't go and one roommates. show. Without, can't go one show without the Stray bringing up the Raiders. <laughs> the Raiders. The Derek Carr. I I never so, will. No. Devontae Adams, I heard rumors he's sleeping in the
2: same bed as Derek Carr and his wife. First <laughs> round draft pick.
1: <laughs> That's how he's,
2: close
0: they are. He's waking up and cooking them breakfast. All right. Uh,
2: (laughs) God damn
0: it. There's some new receivers in town in Jacksonville. I guess let's talk about Christian Kirk real quick. Probably the only one worthy bringing up at this point. Unless you guys feel differently.
2: Marvin Jones exists, but I. He does. I don't know. I just got (laughs) to throw that out there.
1: there. There's a lot of people living in this world. Um, some play football. Some do it at a high yeah. level. Marvin Jones well, is sh- not that person.
2: Well, <laughs> speaking of that, shout out to Tyro Williams. Moment of silence. Where Wait, is Tyro Williams? Uh, no, there's no sightings. He's been buried.
0: There was no funeral <laughs> service. Where is my guy? It, you're going to have to start a new list and... Trace, <laughs> for, Trace, forgotten receivers. Tyrell Marvin. Oh, man. Is he uh, alive? Can someone check on him? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I don't think any. I, no one knows. So, someone, you know, shoot Tyrell a text and and just let us know if he responds. Please, um, just let Christian. We're we're,
1: we're dying over here.
0: Christian Kirk. I am personally. Yeah, you are. You can't even sleep at night. Christian Kirk's wide receiver forty two, going a hundred and fifth overall. We we talked about it in uh I think the last show. You know, he's going right around Russell Gage. Um he's going right around Drake London. Is this a guy you're ever gonna take a shot on in any of your drafts this year?
2: I will take a shot on him. In that area, let's uh, say, you know, ninth round or so, when we're taking shots on guys, we all like to do that, all three of us. Once we're in that area of the draft, you're taking shots on guys, you already got the guys you like, and now it's you're taking flyers on guys, right? He could be the wide receiver one for this offense, and if you think Trevor Lawrence is going to take that step up, like both of you do, True. then, like, well, who who's going to be catching the goddamn ball? Hopefully True. Christian Kirk but it's 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 iffy to me because coming from the Cardinals, traditionally wide receiver three was his three, career. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it it's a little iffy, but someone's gotta be wide receiver
0: one, right? Yeah, and they paid him all that money. Yeah. The, the the only issue for me here in this situation is like there's so many guys and there's so many like unknowns. How is this offense gonna operate? You know, who are they gonna lean on? Like LaVisca Chennault is still there, by the way. <laughs> Remember him? Um, don't don't do that to us. Marvin Jones is there. Zay Jones is there. Like, there's, there's still so many guys here. It's hard to figure out how exact, like how spread out this offensive attack is really going to be, and who's going to be the vocal point of this receiving game. If I had to take a guess, I guess it would be Christian Kirk, uh, just. You know, following the money, but I'm not super confident in it. I, I and I guess that's where I trip up. Whereas, like someone like Drake London, like he's the bona fide stud on that receiving core. Like, obviously, just well, as he a, is going to compete
1: fit- with Alex. with he's going to compete with Pitts though, at for targets.
0: Sure, he's competing with Pitts. Yeah, but uh, as far as the receivers go, like you know, physical profile wise, he is the he's the dude. Um Christian yeah. Kirk, I don't he, he doesn't like he doesn't separate much for me from like a a LaVisca Chenault or a, a Zay Jones. Like it's all I don't know. It's all pretty muddy for me right now. Which
2: Yeah, you know. I'll just say this. As a Raiders fan, you really don't have to worry about a Zay Jones. And if Zay Jones is beating out Christian Kirk and Christian Kirk ain't worth shit.
0: <laughs> Good to know. Z-
2: Zay Jones is nice. Zay Jones is nice, but he's wide receiver three at best on any NFL team. So that's what that is.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I will take a flyer on Christian Kirk. I mean, he's his ADP is not terrible right now. He's going about in the ninth round in a twelve man league. Um, it'd be a you know tenth round in a ten man. If he falls to me in the the tenth and twelve man league. I thought I'd pull the trigger on it. Um, he's more than likely the, the wide receiver one. We do expect the big jump from Trevor Lawrence this year. And I think Christian Kirk helps that. Plus the play design of Doug Peterson. I think he'll be able to scheme things up where Kirk will get some easy catches to be able to, to, you know, produce some big, some good numbers. So yeah, I had no problem taking a flyer on Christian Kirk. Now don't be going and drafting like the seventh or eighth round. Don't be stupid. Like wait for him to come to you, but you know, um, I'm willing to do that at the end of the tenth, late end of the tenth, beginning eleventh round.
0: All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Evan Ingram, the tight end, new tight end next. acquisition? Next, <laughs> next, <laughs> next. <Okay. laughs>
2: I just gotta say, I just gotta say, what about the disrespect? You're gonna put Evan Ingram on our goddamn document and not Dan
0: Arnold? Yeah. Well, uh, your boy um is no longer the coach. So
2: that doesn't matter. Dan Arnold produces when he gets his time. I would not be surprised if Dan Arnold finishes as the number one tight end for the Jaguars. And there will be but weeks how, how when much you're of, looking for how, a flyer.
0: How, how much of Dan Go Arnold was just Urban pushing Dan Arnold? <laughs> like, I, I feel like he, like it was just one of those guys that Urban really liked. You know what I mean? And it wasn't so much talent hey, you know how based. much you,
1: you want, you want to know how, how much news we have on Dan Arnold this offseason, guys. You want to know how much the last Let's reported hear. news on him onto the sleeper app is seven months ago when he missed the final game of the season. They haven't said a single okay. damn thing about that Dan Arnold this offseason. And that's yeah. why you
2: should listen to this goddamn podcast because I'm telling you, Dan Arnold will finish above Evan Ingram, he will take that position over. He's not a great run blocker. But he's, well, I mean, he's like the cheap man's Mike Gasicki. I'm telling you, he I mean, will get the job done. If they want to pass I don't I don't think that damn ball. Trey,
1: I don't think you're going out on a limb saying he's going to finish above Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram is like hot garbage at this point. Um, I just don't think he's in either one are a really fancy relevant either.
2: He will be flyer wise because a lot of people take them flyers and tight ends. If you miss out on those top five guys, you're doing the whole waiver wire thing every week, more or less. And Dan Arnold will help you win some goddamn games once they realize Evan Ingram ain't shit.
0: So he's a he's I'm a, a Trey's right now. He's he's a Trey's watch list guy. Is that where he we is a
2: watch list guy? Okay, all day.
0: Uh, moving on to the Tennessee Titans. Some some interesting players to to discuss here. Um, let's start with. Derrick Henry, King Henry coming off the injury uh, weeks one through eight before the injury. We saw really historic usage out of Derrick Henry. Not only was he absolutely dominant running the football, but was also getting targets and receptions in the passing game and was putting up incredible numbers. Then he got the foot injury. Yes. And obviously he was out for the remainder of the season. What do we do with Derrick Henry? I mean, do we feel comfortable taking him at the top end of the first round?
1: Honestly, I haven't been comfortable taking Derrick Henry at the top of the first round the last like two years. He's been proving me wrong until the injury, but like his workload is so insanely high. It's hard for me to imagine it not just falling apart at one point. Uh, we normally see that with running backs. He might be the exception to the rule because he's also not built like any other running back the NFL's ever seen. He's built like a you know like Ray Lewis, like he's like that that kind of size. So I don't know. Um, personally, I'm not drafting him the fourth overall pick. I just can't pull myself to do it. And like I said, though, I've said that for two years and it's bit me in the ass all times time so far. So who knows? <laughs>
2: Dude, his, foot, his foot injury was considered mostly minor. Obviously, it took the whole year for him to recover from it. But like I said before, it's not a, a torn knee ligament, all that stuff. And like James touched on here, um, he was more involved in the passing game. I almost would be comfortable taking him with the first pick mm-hmm. in the draft.
0: Wow. Ooh. So you're Ooh. higher than consensus obviously on on Derrick Henry. So the foot injury Not- doesn't like doesn't scare you away. You don't think they're going to try and cut back on his usage because of the injury in the upcoming season?
2: I don't think so because in today's NFL they run running backs into the ground, and his injury like he, he was ready to go in the playoffs last year. He didn't
1: yeah. look very good in the playoffs, though.
2: He didn't look very good, but he definitely was wasn't all right ready back. to
1: go. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was, was on the field all the way back. He was on the field.
2: I mean, well, uh Cam Akers came back after you know that whole torn thing that happened with him with with the Rams. Yeah, like, we we see it happen. Guys come back towards the playoffs. They they got injured early in the season, still came back. The fact that he was more involved in the passing game, honestly, it makes him very intriguing to me. And that foot injury, I'm I'm willing to take that risk. I totally yeah. am.
0: It, it's definitely like a preference yeah. thing, right? Like if you're willing to take that risk and take the shot, like he could win you your league, based off of. And I think you have to take into account. Um, coaching style as well you know Rabel is the type of coach that's like are you are you hurt or are you injured you know like it, he, he really doesn't give a shit like he <laughs> he's a football guy like he <laughs> oh you're if, injured
1: if, you're not you're hurt <laughs> if, if his
0: if his dogs are out there he's going to use them to the full extent that they're capable and so I, I think you have to take that into account he's not super you know risk adverse like he's he's going to use Derrick Henry, I think, in the same fashion that he did last year. I personally believe that um, until we really see something different. So am I comfortable taking him at four overall? Probably not. Um, I, I would probably look elsewhere. But if Derrick Henry, if you're at the back end of, your first, of the first round and Derrick Henry falls, I, I'm definitely happy taking him at the back end of the first round.
2: That's not happening in any draft. Any competitive league, that's not happening. So you're telling Man. me you're pick four. Who who are you taking over Derrick Henry?
1: Najee Harris.
2: Mm, that's a good one.
1: Najee Harris and,
0: and I would also say no. um I would be looking at the top end receivers, you know, Justin Jefferson, uh, Cooper Cup. Like those those guys are well within consideration for me at that point in the first round. As far as what I, I agree think they can, to disagree, <laughs> what they can bring to your team and, and, and separate you from the rest of the teams in your league. um, mm.
2: You guys are wrong. That's fine.
1: <laughs> could and, and, and honestly, we could be, and I'm, I'm okay with that. I just, if I'm taking Derek Henry at four and he absolutely bombs a season, there's no way you're making a championship run. And I just don't want to take that risk. Hmm. Yeah. You're wrong. That's fine.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of risk. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to the receivers here. There Robert is, Woods, Robert Woods, wide receiver 40, going 100th overall. Traylon Burks, the rookie, is wide receiver 48 right now, going 118th overall. Um, obviously, Traylon Burks has had not the greatest camp, some negative news, asthma, effort, things like that. Um, are we buying in, are we buying into the training camp reports and, you know, not taking a, at this point, Traylon Burks is becoming a flyer and, and he continues to fall in ADP, um, because of these reports. Do you see that as a value or how do you guys feel about this situation?
2: I'll just say this, going off of uh, all the off-season reports of Jamar Chase last year, I got a little bit of FOMO and a.k.a. fear of missing out. And I don't want to miss out on that train just because of all these off-season reports. Jim, you had Traylon Brooks as your number one receiver in our pre-draft rankings. I had him as my number three, Big Irby. You had him as your number four we all obviously like him. I, I, I'm, I'm still in on him. If I get the chance to grab him around that area, I'm definitely going to.
1: Um, I'm more worried about Traylon Burks than I would have been like Jamar Chase. The only thing that came out of camp from Jamar Chase last year was that he was dropping balls, right? That's not what we're hearing from Tra- about Traylon Burks. We're hearing about Traylon Burks coming in, not putting in the best effort, coming in, not being in shape. Those are more concerning. That's a that's an attitude problem. That's a preparation problem. Not, uh, you know, having kind of brick hands to begin the season. Whereas obviously that was wrong with Jamar Chase, anyways. Um, I don't like guys coming in out of shape. That's not a good thing, especially when you're a rookie. Like you got to come in and show yourself. Like coming in out of shape is not a good look for you. When veterans are gonna look down and be like, "What are you doing?" You know, like you're like you should be trying to impress us, and you're not even coming close to doing so because you came in out of shape.
0: Yeah, I, I will say this. How I'm kind of envisioning how how this goes, I I really could see Traylon Burks, you know, coming out of the gate kind of slow and not having you know an explosive start to the season, but then really coming on as we go into the season as he gets more familiar with the offense, as he gets warmed up to NFL gameplay. The physical profile is there, and that's why I really liked Traylon Burks, you know, before the NFL draft, and then. The situation he was dropped into, you know, um, obviously excelled his hype, his ADP, um, because he's supposed to be the A.J. Brown replacement. And that's literally the player that I comped him to coming into the NFL draft was A.J. Brown. He's that type of physical profile. So I I guess I kind of lean more here with Trey in terms of um, I'm still willing to buy in. I'm still willing to take the shot on him, especially at his cost right now. You know, he, he's the wide receiver 48 right now. This is a guy that could legitimately finish in the top 24 if things go right and, you know, the out of shape stuff gets taken care of and, you know, the asthma isn't an issue and, and all that. Traylon Bricks is a physical specimen. Um, so he definitely has the physical profile to excel in the NFL. And honestly,
2: I I will counter what I said with the fact that there's been so many receivers in the last 10 years. I I, got to play devil's advocate. uh, God damn it. Devil's (laughs) advocate for my own opinion, honestly. Uh, There's been so many guys who come out of the college with uh, great physical profiles, all of the great uh, things you would want in a receiver like Sammy Watkins, uh, Big Irby. You would probably... uh, be able to name a couple more players for me as far as guys who come out with great physical profiles and great tape, but they just don't turn out in the NFL, especially first second round guys. It it, it happens all the time.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, not to kind of, you know, poo on your Raiders train there, but uh, Darius Hayward Bay is one of the first ones that comes to mind uh, being a guy who God absolutely blew, damn it, who absolutely blew the top off of his 40 yard draft. Got or 40 yard dash, and then got drafted as like the 10th or 12th overall pick and was an absolute bust. So, like, there's certainly guys that do that. And I should clarify this about Traylon Burks. I'm not saying I wouldn't take the risk on him, especially in like the 11th or 12th round. I'm just saying I'd be compared to Jamar Chase's rumors last year's, I'd be more worried about Traylon Burks this year just because of the two different differences there. But I would still take the risk because, as James said, if I mean, you can get in shape, if, if it takes him three or four weeks to get into game shape into the season, which is not a good look, but eventually he'll get there and he ends up producing later in the season. He's going to be great. Um, so I can, can kind of see it being kind of a slow rolling train. But once it gets going, he can rep more or less replicate what A.J. Brown did for this offense before. All right, um, I take
2: a... back bringing you into my opinion because you borrowed the Raiders. Because <laughs> I on bitch. <laughs> and Darius Hayward Bay. Um, now I'm having uh, nightmares tonight when I go to bed. Thank you. I
1: mean, do you um, want me to bring up Jamarcus Russell? <laughs> oh okay, God, we, fuck there's you. A, there's a long <laughs> list. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you son of a bitch. What about Robert Woods? What about Bobby Trees here? He is the wide receiver one, right? He he's supposed to be back, healthy, good to go, week one. H- how are you feeling about Robert Woods?
2: I'll just say around the eighth, ninth round, um, I might take a flyer on him, but from the, all the mock drafts that I've been doing, there there are other receivers I'm more interested in. There are a little bit, they're ranked a little bit lower. So I, I, I just don't see myself drafting Robert Woods this year.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of in the same boat where, like, I haven't seen myself drafting Robert Woods at all in any of the mocks I've done. Um, doesn't mean I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, he's been a pretty productive player for most of his career i know he's coming off the injury um i expect him to still probably put up decent numbers i guess it's just not a guy i'm targeting specifically and like i think he'd be one of those guys that if he fell to me um in like the i right now he's going about in the ninth round if he fell to me in the back end of the tenth and he's still there compared, comparing him to like other guys i'd probably go with robert woods but you know i think that's a it's kind of a toss-up and depending on who other how your team's kind of built up at that point?
0: Robert Woods or Brandon Ayuk? Oh,
1: man, that's tough. That honestly, that's tough. I would think I'm, I'd probably lean Ayuk only because I, maybe it's just because like we haven't seen Robert Woods recently, you know, because of the injury and whatnot. And Ayuk, we've seen recently was in the doghouse for the beginning of last season, started to come out of it at the end of it. Um, he's even come out, set out in camp. There's a new rookie receiver who is getting most of Kyle Shanahan's attention, and so Brandon Ayuk even joked that he's glad to be out of the doghouse because someone else is is in there and taking his spot.
2: <laughs> Interesting. I personally would take Brandon Ayuk over Robert Woods at that point. I um, like we talked about multiple times in this episode. Once you get into that point of the draft, I'm taking upside, guys. And I really like Brandon Ike's upside, but it might bite me in the ass. Robert Woods could easily be, you know, a, a top 24 wide receiver this year.
0: Yeah, I feel like if I'm going for the safe bet, I, I'd probably go Robert Woods there just because he is the wide receiver one now. And I expect a, a slow start for Traylon Burks. But again, it's it's a preference thing there. Um, do we want to discuss the tight end situation here in, in Tennessee? Austin Hooper. Tight end twenty-three right now, going two oh three overall.
1: I'd just say he's a this ah. guy. A person honestly, he's been a top ten tight end before. Like he he goes to he was in Miami to begin with him, goes to Cleveland and com- his career was like completely derailed. Like he was not part of the offense at all, even though they gave him a ton of money. I know he had also dealt with some injuries, so I'd say watch out for him. Um he could be a guy that is if you need to need kind of a plug-in guy, you know, every couple of weeks, he's not a bad, bad person to go with.
2: Oh yeah. I'm with you. If you're putting tight end, you'll get one of the top five slash six guys this year. Um, I, I wouldn't want Austin Hooper. Technically I, I'm going for Cole commit and Pat firemuth. If you're putting one of those top six tight ends, just go for one of those guys.
0: All righty, well that'll do it for the AFC South and our final division. Again, if you're looking for a different division, uh, those are in previous episodes. Go go check those out. Um, looking to the future, um, stay tuned in. We're gonna have you know sleepers, values, breakouts, all that good content, rankings, all sorts of good stuff throughout the draft season. So stay in touch, uh, hit us up on the F, uh, on Twitter at the FF fathers, if you haven't already. And, uh, we appreciate you all listening. We'll catch you next time. Later. Bye. (laughs)